Hi, welcome to Agora Community Radio, the podcast for artists in the animation industry who want to listen and learn on the go. This episode is from our A Conversation With series, where we invite pros from all walks of our industry to have a chat with us about their background and experiences, and then we finish it off with a little Q&A from the audience. You can always head on over to our website, agora.community, to watch the full video, or if you just want to listen to what we think are the most interesting bits and pieces of these conversations, you can listen to the Agora Bytes clips on this channel. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Okay, so uh, today we have um, a new guest. Um, it's uh, we've kind of had a trend of like <laughs> kind of a, a a tornado or an avalanche of uh, DreamWorks uh, directors um, in the uh, in the in the house lately, um, which has been awesome. And now we're mixing it up today and going a bit more in the uh, the realm of video game animation, which is obviously near and dear in my heart. Not that uh, this particular person is only lived in that industry, just that. Uh, I think one of the things he's probably most known for is something related to the video game industry. We'll get into that. Um, his name is Dan Root. Um, he is from England, um, and uh, which you will be able to tell by his um, amazing accent. Um, I'm a bit of an accent aficionado, as you all know. I really enjoy people with accents. I don't know why I just do. Um, and accents are kind of funny in the sense that they are, it's just something relative to what you're used to. But um, he... Um, he is uh, he is a veteran animator. He's worked in a lot of different industries. Um, and I think um, the, the reason why he showed up on our radar is because, like so many other people we've had on on our show, he has uh, tirelessly um, thrown himself into the uh, the world of YouTube and um, um, is building amazing content um, uh, on um, on his channel called Video Game Animation Study. Um, you may know of it. He's got a good number of subscribers, well over 100,000, which is uh, quite an accomplishment considering such a niche uh, niche area of, of interest. So people like JD and people like Sir Wade, he's just another one of these amazing angels that have just been sent to us to just share information and doing it in a way that's very consumable. So I'm going to very excited to have him on today. Uh, I'm going to bring in David as my uh, official man in uh, my, 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 my wingman, I guess. Hello, David. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Let's, it, Let's this week. It seems that it's the, uh, the we, we must have jinxed ourselves. you know, probably a week or two ago say, Oh, that's, you know, it, yeah. no major. Yeah. Tech seems issues, super smooth. Right. Too yeah. easy. And yeah. then boom. So who <laughs> thought it? That's the question. Who's ever thought that jinxed us. It wasn't me. Never David. get too comfortable. That's the, uh, By the way, I have a new shirt that I want to, I bought this specifically for you. <laughs> took him a second david busts it, my balls on a regular because i i'm terrible at slack <laughs> i'm terrible at it you're, you're ter terrible at notifying this, all those notifications right that this, appear. I, i'm not very good at doing the whack-a-mole game right here i'm trying to do this if david wished i was better at that right there getting rid of that dot it's so funny uh, my uh, god yes. this t-shirt <laughs> 10 years ago would mean nothing nothing but now it means so friggin' much. It yeah, means it's everything. Like, it means that someone somewhere is waiting for you. This is what it means. That's what it means. It's like this right here is an icon of my stress right here, right there. That is called undue burden. Okay, well, um, without further ado, let's bring in Dan. Dan, now that I've uh, made this whole conversation go off the rails, as I usually do. Dan Root, how are you, sir? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, thanks for welcome. the compliments on the accent as well. That's yeah, well. very kind. I don't think I've ever been complimented on my uh, accent before. So, mm, well, 
when you say aficionado, do you like the do, you, do you recognize counties in other countries? No, like in no, no, no. I, I just, quite, I just, yeah. I think maybe more of a connoisseur. I really just, I, I, one of my favorite games. I do a lot of teaching online, and so I'm, mm. I'm, I'm blessed with uh, having students in my classroom from all over the world all the time. And one of my favorite Brilliant. things is to try to figure out where they're from, and I'm getting better <laughs> at it because I'm getting more and more exposed. Do you, uh, is it like a hand on the chin sort of a stare? It's like, where are you from? Or is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they all really appreciate being under my microscope. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, it's just a language, dude. It just, it just, an just get over it. But yeah, nah, so, it's good. Oh, thanks yeah. a lot. Yeah, so, Brett, Brett, I'm, I'm curious. Is there some cues like with the, the background that that they might have the uh, equality yeah. of internet connection? Is there other cues oh, yeah. other than the, oh, yeah. the the accent? That... Dude, yes. Like, how about what one thing that I learned to pick up on over time is um is power outlets. Hmm. Oh, what, so what you spot the, the power oh, yeah. outlets uh, if, shape in the background. Oh, yeah. If I can, that gives me huge clues. There's, you'd be surprised. Also, just like the actual, what the, what the wall's made out of. You know, I find that like a lot of European countries are really big on still the stucco kind of style wall, as opposed <laughs> to like sort of like typical drywall gypsum that they put in the North America walls. The older, older buildings in North America still have that, but there's a good chance that even modern buildings in some cases in Europe have the, uh, anyways, yes. <laughs> I'm like I'm the, I'm the Sherlock Holmes of accents, and I'm going to find out where you're this from. This was England from the uh, the funny Dada rail thing here. Do you have these in America? Yeah, we, these are? yeah. That that wouldn't have really suggested anything super super strong to me. Yeah, your your room is particularly tricky because it's like you know, like as you we're talking about this offline, but you've got a section off a part of your of your room for yeah. This kind of, I've been very cramped exactly in it. so it's like you've protected you've you're you're playing a very close poker game with your <laughs> cards close to your chest so i would have had but you're 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 accent oh, giveaway so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so welcome to the show I'm, I'm super happy to have you here it's gonna be super cool to get to know especially because dave and i yeah. both don't know you very well so i think it's really cool for us to get to know you as well so it's awesome yeah, yeah no, this is great thanks for, yeah thanks for reaching out it's um mm -hmm. yeah it's a really so, good idea you know just you know just nice conversation relaxed yeah. thing let's do it yeah, that that's one of the things that we discussed with before this stream. It's it's you know bring all kind of guests from uh, guests from a different area and have a little bit of the human aspect of mm. uh, you know what they're doing and, and you know why they decide <clears throat> to do what they, they do and have some of the more uh, human perspective on uh, a very different profile in the industry. So I would just start about you know for for some of the folks out there that don't know uh, about you um, and you know let's just try to uh, keep it brief but just a brief uh, uh, overview of your background to give just a little bit uh, better perspective for the, the rest of the conversation we'll we'll have afterwards mm -hmm. uh well i am dan i am a 2d animator primarily um i kind of dabble in a lot of varying aspects of animation so i do a lot of frame by frame hand-drawn stuff uh, kind of on uh, screens um and that kind of spans into small cartoons, into some visual effects for small indie games. Um, I also teach animation as well. So I kind of uh, do a lot of frame by frame teaching uh, at my university. Uh, I also do motion graphics. Um, but my thing that I think is interested, uh, got your guys' attention was my YouTube channel, uh, which talks about uh, video game animation. So I've been doing that for a few years because that's uh, just really interesting to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing. All right. Well, let's let's dive right in. I would say one of the things that I felt that was super interesting um, 
and and you know th there's if you, well first where is this interest for 8 bits and 16 bits <laughs> animation coming from and it's not just that there's definitely something the aesthetic from the 80s just in the introduction of the videos and even your showreel i mean it's one of the best showreel introduction that i've seen uh, <laughs> it is pretty awesome if, oh, thanks <laughs> guys if you want to look it up just anyway you, you know how to uh, actually yeah, a to the j just uh, linked to one of his video uh, playlists i think um in uh, chat if you're just curious you can click right oh yeah there, yeah oh, good. but um, and so where is this coming from because it's pretty specific and it's pretty well done i would say yeah. it's very well studied to be able to kind of do this kind of homage to the 80s like this oh uh, thanks um well i mean i think we all have this kind of nostalgia in us you know for when we were younger and i i grew up you know i was born in 1985 so my youth was sort of the late 80s early 90s and i think just the things that make that impression on you when you're young they just kind of stick with you so if you find a passion there then it's likely just to kind of just feed through and everything else you do so i think it's uh, I, it wasn't my fault i was just super into 8-bit and 60-bit games you know it just happened. <laughs> not your fault yeah <laughs> so it's uh it's, you're, it's a you're a victim you're a victim yeah 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 exactly i can't help it it's just yeah. um mm -hmm. so it's i find yeah that's um kind of where that comes from because my old brother's uh, they were the ones who had video games. Uh, they would borrow them off friends and everything. And this is, you know, in the 80s, so uh, people just borrowed games off people and, you know, you talked about games well, we in the playground. And, um, yeah, so Mega Man was, like, one of the first games I remember playing. And just... That was, that was, was so a love, tough. love story, so... Hmm? Such a tough game, especially the the the, the first yeah, one. I, the first two is uh, I replayed it a couple of years ago just for fun. Like, wow, game were tough in the days. Yeah, brutal. but we still managed it. Like, you know, yeah. I'd spend a whole Sunday, you know, trying to figure it out, and then I'd be like, yes, I did it. And uh, yeah, it's weird, you know, just kids have this different level of you know commitment to some things, especially like interactive media. But um, yeah. yeah. Well, it, it definitely felt precious. I remember the, the the days. I don't know if your first console was a NES or a Super uh, Nintendo, but for the NES, NES I yeah. have distinct memories of going to the the equivalent of what was a, a Blockbuster rent yeah. the oh, yeah. uh, the console for a weekend. You bring back with this kind of suitcase, the <laughs> most precious thing for you, and you have. 48 hours of play yeah it's probably going to be the only 48 hours of the month that you're you're going to have and then you had the uh, link like a golden uh cassette that was coming from yeah. it. It Mega Man, the metroid the mario brothers mm. and it was just 48 hours until the very end so it really felt precious at that time yeah that's, yeah that's for sure that's, yeah like really trying to pack in an experience back then i think um, it's funny when you said about the you know the golden cartridge for Link. I know it's like Nintendo haven't gone back to that. Like they haven't released a golden Switch cartridge for anything. It's like ah, they could do that to Nintendo. Are kind of a you know a toy company at heart. They could definitely promote that somehow. But yeah, I don't know, it was costs, just a perfect mar marketing coup. It, it, it worked uh, perfectly. So mm. which which game would you say were the first? You mentioned Mega Mine. Is there <clears> others that uh, had a not necessarily an influence, but the first one that you remember that gave you this passion for a game and maybe even animation in general. Yeah, I think um, it was kind of the ones you often see. They're almost like kind of cliche choices because it was Super Mario Bros. 3, uh, like Mega Man 2, um, the Super Metroid, you know, all these kind of just these trailblazers of their time, you know, these ones that just, you know, they made such an impact that, it had an influence on the designers today and that's you know where you see all these references and everything mm. so um 
sometimes I feel like, oh, am I just kind of the same as everyone else enjoying these things? But like, no, they were that good. You know, that's why people enjoy yeah. them so much. But um, yeah. yeah, so I, I, there was, I'm trying to think um, like if there was a particular game. I don't think I really noticed uh, kind of the importance of video game animation properly until sort of maybe the late 90s, early 2000s, like when it started to become more sophisticated. So things like mm. Tomb Raider and um, I particularly remember a game called Nightmare Creatures on the PS1. Um, I was kind of noticing a bit more, you know, sort of, back then you didn't really yeah. notice it, but when you'd like change position, like like snap from one motion yeah. to another, and it's like, there's something always twigged there. For me, it was Prince of Persia. That was the game that was like, oh, yeah, oh. That's interesting. Like suddenly the like, animations oh. became part of the game in a, in yeah. a big way, right? Yeah, flashback actually thinking now you've oh, mentioned yeah. that. Like yes. I remember that thinking like this is yes. real life. Like oh. look at it. That's Do how you we remember move. there was an old game I, I used to play. I was I originally started on a PC um mm. before I even got into like NES. And um I played on a, a, a there was an old system called the Commodore 64. Mm -hmm. And um there was a game called um Impossible Mission. And this game, in many ways, felt like a predecessor to Prince of Persia because it also had a sort of certain flow to the animations, a much more realistic look. I'm sure yeah. if we went back in time and looked at it now, we'd be like, oh, how did I think that looked real? But at the time, yeah. it really, really was. Yeah, like, that's a big, it. Huge step. It's funny because, you know, when people say, you know, like, oh, it's, you know, dated so much, but... And, and you say yeah, it was good for that time, but you know you, you need these stepping stones, these like milestones to keep locking down, you know, to to, to make progression. So it's um, yeah, I I agree. It's funny when you said Impossible Mission, I was like, I've heard that game oh, yeah. before, and I was like, oh yeah, I researched it for one of my videos, like oh, not for sure. any particularly in any particular depth, but um, yeah, just like it's enough funny. to. Scott in chat, by the way, your stock went up, buddy. Uh, the fact that you even can pull out some of the actual classic, because this was one of the first games that used digital digitalized audio as well. So it had like real voices, but it was oh, all right. garbled and it was because it was like MIDI synth synthesized. It wasn't an yeah. actual audio like wave recording. It was something trying to sound like a real person's voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's something I always find really kind of underrated or personally, you know, as I get older, you know, I think back to sort of the brick smashing sound effect in Super Mario Brothers. I'm just like, that sounds like a brick smashing. Like, how did they even do yeah, that? You know, that's, totally. the, I mean, audio design is just, I know, you know, I know. it's Next completely level. out of my brain. Like, I can't even imagine you how know, they do it. But it's funny, you mentioned how these sort of 8 bit and sort of 16 bit, like old school graphics um, had such a charm. And there was a, it was a kind of a secret sauce. I, I've often connected and related um, um, or correlated the same kind of connection people have in 3D these days, they sort of yearn for the sort of the, the yesteryears of 2D animation in, in the, the charm and the sort of the lo-fi look and feel and texture that it had. I feel mm. like 8-bit and like 16-bit are also sort of regarded in the same sort of nostalgic way. It's not just nostalgia though. It's like there's, like there's a certain sort of visual language of simplicity that comes along with these types of games. If it wasn't, yeah. if, it did, if it didn't still resonate, then people wouldn't still be emulating it. You have a little indie, indie game companies yeah. still trying to make intentionally games that still look like they were made in the 80s which is interesting in itself yeah like it's not they're not trying to cash in on a particular mm. like a craze or anything that's starting to no. come around again it's like it's actually there inside them yeah. like they they totally. feel it they feel there's this yeah. thing with it i mean Absolutely. i know it gets, it gets thrown around a lot nowadays about the whole uh, like you know limitations kind of breed creativity you know i've, I've heard that saying been said quite a few times now but i i mm. probably believe it you know i think especially especially in the early days of the of video game design mm -hmm. uh you know like they didn't have well I, I'm, I'm trying to think of how small a space they had to work with like especially on so nes cartridges crazy. like 
it's like less than a word document would be today it's and it's like ridiculous. wow like do I, they do that like tile and, tile mapping and, and tile so patterns we're so spoiled now we're yeah. so spoiled yeah. it's like what the heck like how like the fact that we have a hard time with fitting it all on a disc back yeah. then, back then now it's not even hardly even discs these days it's like most of it's migrating over to just direct downloads and just dropping yeah. it on these terabyte storages on our directly on our either computers or on our on our consoles and it's like we're st still we complain as yeah. developers. it's like not enough space I, yeah enough space. i mean I've, I've just finished uh metroid dread actually the other day oh yeah how'd you like that oh it's fantastic it's yeah, just i've been wanting to pick that one up i really want to play that yeah it's just so clean looking like it's amazing oh, yeah. and the animations are superb but you know i keep forgetting like it's on a tiny little thing about this big like it's still it's yeah. crazy just how they like yeah, i would say there, there's there. some there's some of this stuff that you know when i played or the memory that i have that i played i never you know paid attention of how much they could do with so so little and it's actually mm. some of your videos especially on i think the Mega Man was the first one that you show all those different poses and literally it's like what like 19 or 20 poses and yeah, all of those that... are combined in different way to make you feel yeah like, there's, like there's probably only about like three complete images of Mega Man. they're just all just swapping out bits and it's like not only did i have to think about the animation of what they were doing that to think about how to make it work and you know yeah um it's like it's kind of jumping forward a little bit and sort of related uh i remember i went to an um a presentation with dr david doke who worked on goldeneye for rare oh yeah and he yeah. was and he was talking about you know how goldeneye 64 was made and everything and i happened to obviously ask him i was like oh how were the animations done and they didn't have a dedicated animator in the studio for that nope. so they kind of just had to sort of budget themselves mm -hmm. and um it's just like crazy to think you know back in that day as well uh for the 8-bit stuff um they probably would have had to have been the animators and the coders and do a lot of other work so just keeping all that in your head i think back then would have been just even more stressful it just oh, makes yeah. me have more respect for that art form and again like you say i think that's where that desire to kind of recreate it comes from you know you want yeah. to give yourself those limitations a little yeah it's like a pie it's like exactly those limitations because as, as all creators know that constraints are essentially the birthplace of of innovation like you you, mm. you you will always be more creative when you're forced to do something with so little you know it's like oh well yeah. that's that's a problem i need to solve rather than just giving all the all the resources in the world it's like you're paralyzed with indecision because you don't even know where to start but if you're yeah. backed into a corner and you have like a toothpick to escape from this sort of metal prison <laughs> you're gonna come up with some pretty crazy ideas yeah so, yeah so that's that's that was the sort of joy behind macgyver this 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 whole conversation is becoming very 80s it's like, <laughs> like completely ostracizing most of the people that were born you know in the anywhere after like 1990 it's, it's funny um for my uh lectures i've been doing a couple uh recently uh we're, we're doing a little bit of uh kind of storyboarding but we're kind of doing that around photoshop so we're talking about how to kind of make a composition image and everything and i happen to use an example of the the ship from flight the navigator as like oh, something to yeah. cut out and put into a, a yeah. like a background and i just i don't oh, know why iconic. i said it i was like 100 points to whoever knows what that's from just no, they're like <laughs> it's just a circle i don't yeah, yeah. i was like oh no <laughs> oh man i'm so old yeah so would you say that uh did you well maybe going to the the, the creation of the uh, uh of the channel did you had in mind this influence of the 8-bit 16-bits and 80s while creating the channel or it was more like oh i want to you know share my thoughts on animation and just naturally it led toward this uh, this direction yeah i think it was a bit of uh, both of those um like i was really inspired by game makers toolkit and mark brown and um i don't know if you know that um 
just like the effort uh, that he puts into the, the production of the videos. Because uh, I kind of found his channel mm -hmm. about 2015. And I'd been tinkering with videos around then. And I was like, no, nah, yeah, I'm going to put in some real effort. And it didn't really start off his animation at first. I kind of was talking about Super Metroid. Um, and I, I decided to buy an Elgato capture card to get mm -hmm. all the right capture. And I put some motion graphics in, did a little bit of animation, like character animation for like a little host and everything. Um, and as I started making a few more of these videos, I realized... Because the reason that Mark Brown started doing Game Maker's <laughs> Toolkit, because um, he, he couldn't find any of the videos or content he wanted to watch on YouTube, uh, mm -hmm. uh, particularly about game design. So he kind of made it himself. And I think that's kind of where the little spark kind of started twitching in my head. Um, I was playing Dust Force um, in maybe 2015, 2016. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's like a little 2D platformer. But it's just uh, it's really nicely animated. And just it suddenly clicked. I was like, "Oh, I could talk about animation in video games," and like <clears> that's a really good idea. And at first, it started off as just kind of talking about animation in video games, just just kind of get my feet in the water and figure out, like, okay, so I can't just keep saying this looks nice. Uh, <laughs> and like as I was kind of researching about video game animation, like how animation works in video games, I suddenly started learning more about it. And then I thought, like, well, I can. It's like a self-feeding thing. Like the more totally. I researched about it, I then I could teach it and like tell Absolutely. other people about it. So, yeah, it kind of just sort of uh, not like created itself, but there was definitely a kind of feedback loop there that kind of helped direct mm. the, uh, the the channel's direction. I have a related uh, question about this. So, if so, something that I often find myself doing a lot of is evangelizing to a lot of animators, a lot of would-be game animators. You mm -hmm. know, like trying to explain them what specific things they need to be aware of, like what's different about animating for games, you know, like what is, and so I'm curious in your mind, after all the studying you've done and uh, mm. on this topic, if you had like the top, a top five, or maybe even just top three sort of main standout things that you think that any animator who wants to get into game animation should need to know, what would those yeah. things be in your mind? I think, um, as I started researching it, um, there's, the main thing I believe, like it maybe it could be number two, but I think number one in games is what's called feel. So mm. how a game feels to play should always be the main thing you aim for. So you want a game to feel good to play. So the animation technically is secondary to that. So if the animation gets in the way of how the game feels, then that becomes detrimental to your game overall. Yeah. So something I realized as I was kind of researching this is that 2D game animation is harder to make more versatile animation for in games um mm -hmm. especially with the advent of 3d animation so things like unity sure. and unreal you can have uh it's kind of difficult to explain but you can have like almost like a gradient of animations which can yep. apply to specific parts of the body blends. so blends yeah but yeah yeah sorry um exactly. yeah so like you know if if you're a third person character and you're holding a gun, you know, your yeah. legs will be animating. You exactly. don't have to animate that at the same time as holding a gun. Yeah. So yeah. Cause layers and blends essentially like you have, you, you, you rather yeah. than like where, where, where a 2d animation, it's like, you can't really do that, especially yeah. not easily anyways. No. Yeah. I mean, not I think there game. are, um, uh, is it Hades, um, mm -hmm. by Supergiant? I think, is that actually 3d, but just it's, it's so 3D. stylized. It kind of has very a, stylized, I've yeah. actually played it, but I've just seen trailers, but it's very good. It's worth playing for sure. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, the, it, all, the hype is real, and I, 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 I avoided it for a long time, and I started playing it a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, wow, 
yeah it's very very engaging well i have a friend who's um who just knows the sort of stuff i like he knows i'm really into like visual effects and it's like oh look this you'll like this have a look at this and i was like oh yeah that's good so it's just i'm waiting for it to come into sale at the moment because i've got mm. so many games I need to play and i'm kind of just watching yeah, it i know not to thing. you know mm. um <laughs> yeah so i think 2d so things like cuphead you know recently are it's just mind-blowing to think that's all done on paper um mm. and they've had to kind of think about even things like hollow knight as well uh thinking about how the way 2D animation works in video games is much trickier because you have the like transitioning frame. So if you're yep. running and your character stops and then they turn, like do you have to animate the turn or do you kind of just work out some weird little in-between frame that kind of averages out where you might be because you can't animate every transition from one frame to the other because you can no, be in I one don't. frame or another. So um yeah. Yeah, I think that's something to be aware of if an animator was to go into game animation is that it's not linear animation anymore. It's kind mm -hmm. of cycles, loops, and transitions, and you have to think about how they all flow into each other yep. to make it look nice. Yep. I think that's, yeah. Um, those are like the main things. I'm not sure if they're, if they're, if they're listable no, as a thing, but yeah. yeah. I'm, glad you, I'm glad you opened with the idea of feel. I mean, because I, something I always tell people is if you really want to learn game animation, you really can't do that unless you're also trying to get the, the your animations into a game. Because otherwise you mm. won't be able to get a feel for the animation you just made. It's like yeah. you're missing that sensory input that will be crucial as to the success or complete, complete failure of what you just made. It doesn't matter that it looks good on screen in a demo reel because if unless it actually performs properly and feels good in the hands of a controller being driven by a player, then it's worthless. And yeah. you need to you you need to get that as it's like where a, a normal animator would just sort of use a play blast as their main feedback loop of just looking at something and being like yes or no. Mm. You need it in game and you need to be viewing that interactively. Otherwise, you can't. You're just missing a whole. It's like trying to trying to judge your own animation without without any eyes. It's like yeah. Uh, how do you how do you do that that's it yeah it's it's a tough yeah it's a tough old job um like i, I kind of touched upon this in one of my videos that's um done particularly well um about keyframes in 16-bit animation i think that's probably like the one that's kind of defined the channel mm. at the time mm. um but it's uh like when you start animating particularly in 2d and i guess in 3d as well like you could probably block out some motions but you tend to start with keyframes as you probably would to kind of rough out the motion um, and you probably do that in games as well. So, you know, if you're going to jump, you know, you're not going to worry about all the in-between straight away. You know, you're going to have like a really rough run cycle and then you'll have maybe the jump pose. Yeah. Uh, and then you kind of, like you say, then you'll, you'll play test that, get a feel for it. You're like, okay, that feels good. Then we'll kind of work in animations, uh, around yeah. that, like in-betweens. And I think yeah. that's kind of why Hollow Knight feels so good, you know, cause you know, you jump, there's no real jumping animation. It's just, you know, it's in the air. And then there's the, you know, particle effects and everything are kind of yeah. filling in the gap there. And again, I yeah. think this is why things like Mega Man and the old 8-bit games felt good is because they were still using keyframes essentially, and but they just didn't yeah. have the memory space to fill in in betweens so yeah they were just having like holding a pose like there was like yeah. an action pose in the air and it was just the what caused the character to go up and down was just essentially some sort of faux physics that was just driving the character's sort of sprite around yeah, yeah. there's some i saw the trailer for the new uh kirby game coming out next year oh, yeah. lost lost kingdom or something or lost city yeah. um and i noticed what they've done is because kirby's so squishy uh mm when he lands from a jump, he'll kind of squish down. Mm -hmm. But when he jumps just straight from standing still, it's just like up, 
but in a ball. But they've combined that follow through of the bounce. When you jump again, he'll bounce out of that squashed shape. So yeah. that's kind of almost acting as anticipation as well. Yes. So they're kind of like clipping a bit of an end of an animation, putting it on the yes. beginning of another. So it's yes, this clever. is exactly it. Yeah, I find that there's a lot of that going on in games because anticipations are difficult to put in because anticipations would typically introduce a sort of latency to the control. Yeah, they're so the bosses. That's it. Players, <laughs> yeah. when they hit that button to jump, they want to be up in the air. They don't want to be yeah. going down before. Like, And so like it's hard because visually that can have an effect. So mm. animators are always trying to find a way of thinking out the side, outside the box and like to ninja our brains in a feeling like that anticipation was there, but they have to find a way of of making it feel like it was there in another way rather than you know it actually yeah. being there in a traditional sense right and that's part of part of animation for a game is that there's so much pioneering left to still do and that's what i find oh, yeah. is exciting about it it's like trying to you just it's not just there's one way forward there's like literally many ways forward and many yeah. ways we haven't even discovered yet uh, on how to get to the bottom of that uh, particular problem yeah. yeah and oh sorry go on david no, I, I just wanted to bring back that you you mentioned Hollow Knight, and for me, again, it's looking at your analysis that I realized that oh my god, there's not a lot of animation there, and there's a lot of VFX there that kind of sell yeah. what, what the yeah. animation and your brain doesn't any feel like there was anticipation and all mm -hmm. that, but no, it, it's not there. It's just the sound and the yep. visual yeah. effects that that does the job, and that uh, that that's. That's pretty creative and impressive when you look mm. frame by frame what they did to yeah. trick the brain this way. Totally. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing as well is, um, uh, you know, kind of pipeline, the, you know, the workflow of being in uh, a game studio, you know, whether that's a small indie studio uh, or a slightly bigger one, you know, I think you, it's, a very, it's really important for animators, you know, everyone to communicate and kind of work out what needs to do what, um, uh, you know at what time and i think this is like you were saying brent about um you know what sort of pioneering is left to do and i think like something i noticed with metroid dread is that it's um it's all tight and clean um and it all just runs really fast uh, yeah. which makes you think about it must be some real efficiency going on in the background and the engine and the coding and stuff and i think that's kind of something that um is still happening in a lot of games it's the uh, like the efficiency of yep. everything, um, what is it, you know, the, the elegance of how it's all tied together. You know, like, is it worth having an entire animation for a particular thing, or can you exactly. reuse something else yeah. and keep it Absolutely. all tighter? And, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the biggest challenge with big AAA production that you have a lot of people in a lot of department with a lot of managers to try to. It's yeah. uh, the more people you have, the more difficult it becomes to work hand in hand with everyone. That hmm. you know, there's a what is the solution for all of those problems? Well, sometimes it involves like I need to talk to this person and this person mm -hmm. and this person, and together we find the yeah uh, the solution. Um, I was curious to to ask because we, we've. Uh, uh, discuss very briefly about some of the videos how do you come up with the uh, uh inspiration to to work yeah. on those different videos is it just random you play something like oh that would make a good video or is it more like okay i need to make a video <laughs> what is it going to be how, how is it what's it's the it's a bit of both uh sometimes like recently uh it's been a while since i've um made a video since recently um because i've just been busy <laughs> with teaching and, and freelance animation and everything uh and I just fancied a bit of a break. Yeah, um, a, wee, a week ago, you slacker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then before that, it was like January, so I was like, eh, bit of a gap. But um, yeah, recently I'd just been playing Mario Kart 8 with my daughters, and uh, I was just like, this is awesome. And I was just thinking about all the little bits that happened. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do a quick video on this. And I thought, you know, did a bit more research and kind of, 
you know, thought about how I could mm. explain it in a bit more of an educational way as well. I think that's kind of the angle I'm going to try and fit into any videos I kind of do is just a way that I can kind of explain something that someone might be able to understand and be like, oh, that's, you know, yeah. that's interesting. Um, do, do you feel that those video goes hand in hand mm. with the uh, uh, the teaching, the education that you're doing, or they're like two different things in, in your mind? Um, and you could do one or the other and it would make a, make a difference. Yeah, I, th I think it's a bit of both sometimes as well. So sometimes, uh, like some, how I'm teaching can help inform how I structure a video if I've got a particular idea. Uh, and then sometimes I just will fancy just doing something because I think people might like this. You know, I did one about Echo the Dolphin at the beginning of the year. Like I didn't do too well, but um, sometimes I, I like just doing it for me. Like I like knowing that I've done the video about Echo the Dolphin. And it's like, yeah, I, I, that was interesting to me at least. And, you know, some people find it interesting as well. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of both sometimes. But uh, I think the teaching, they've both kind of informed each other, like how I structure mm -hmm. a video to teach people who know nothing about animation or game animations. I mean, maybe, maybe think about how I talk about things I know to people who don't. Yeah. So that's kind of helped my teaching and the other way around. Yeah, that's so. the thing with teaching. It's it's not just about giving, although it can be a big part of it, but it's also that just for being able to teach, you need to synthesize and understand the infer the the process enough to mm. be able to easily verbalize it. So, and the, the more yeah. easy it is to you for verbalize it, the more you understand it. But to understand it properly, you need to do your research. So, there's a lot of work that goes into teaching itself, and that yeah. helps you as a uh, as an animator. That's that's for sure. Mm. Yeah, you have to be very sort of concise and because you know when you're not teaching and you're an animator sometimes you know animation is uh you know you can hold it you can hold it in your head quite a lot you know and especially if you're you know you get kind of get into a zone and you you know if you're roughing out animations or um researching or style framing or something you know it's sometimes you just kind of just can feel kind of what you want to do and you know how to do it so yeah trying to get that out of your brain into words for people to understand is um yeah yeah it's, it's an interesting yeah. challenge but a satisfying one yeah, that's something that we've uh, discussed recently, whether it's with supervisors or, or teacher, you know, if you're teaching kids and you just tell them, just do more appealing poses, just put mm -hmm. more weight mm -hmm. in, in your yeah. animation, just have a more interesting performance. Yeah, that has absolutely like zero value for someone that is starting because they're, they might not even know what you're talking about. That's so it. you need to break yeah. it down and explain what. Yeah, just mean. do and better. It's <laughs> exactly. not helpful. Yeah, Do better and faster. But when yeah, I was yeah. looking at your video, I was like, my God, just the work that goes into analyzing all of oh, this yeah. might be super mm helpful for the teaching for the video obviously but then for the teaching and even your own craft of animation mm. how long does yeah. it take for you to put those together by the way because some like the it's very clear like the extra time and 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 like the you know, graphics and all the things that you need to do to help make a point in a video that needs that kind of precision like mm. how long does it usually take production value on average like because a lot of your videos are they hover around the, the 10 minute mark i find mm. um you know, like it's usually it looks like you're trying to stay under 10 often. Um, I think, so yeah, like... I, I think it depends. Um, like the Mega Man one is like an hour long and I just like, nah, I'm going to, Oh yeah, good point. It's going to, it's going to be an hour long and I'm going to commit to it. I'm going to research it. Yeah. I'm going to record, you know, all the footage. It took, uh, I was doing that one for maybe two or three months, uh, sort oh, of man. in the, in the evenings and weekends. Right. Um, but the Mario Kart one was done sort of within a couple of weeks. Uh, you okay. know, I got the footage, uh, cause I, um, Sometimes I kind of think about kind of what I want to 
structure the videos like when i'm falling asleep or you know doing something mundane mm -hmm. uh i'll kind of sort of go over how i want the video to kind of play out and then i'll start writing a script i'll kind of make kind some of like, bullet points so meaning like the sort of the the overarching sort of narrative yeah kind of so i'll kind of think about like yeah. i you know i'll talk about things and then often sometimes forget to write it down so like oh what was mm. i thinking um but you know i'll kind of i'm interested to make a uh, video about metroid dread so i'm kind of in the process mm. of figuring out right because i don't I don't like doing the same thing all the time is my other problem. Like I like to keep things kind of fresh and interesting, which is why I've got a hundred different video intros every year. Um, I like to kind of try new formats out to kind of keep it entertaining. Cause well, you know, while I'm an animator and, you know, I'm sort of trying to teach my videos, you know, it is also YouTube. And I think sometimes you kind of have to stay on trend and sort of be savvy to what people want to watch, you know, otherwise you don't get that natural organic, um, uh, algorithm kind of feed from YouTube. You know, if mm -hmm. people don't click in that first, you know, 10 minutes, then YouTube won't feed it out to other people to watch, you know, and the channel mm -hmm. can't really grow. So it's, um, mm -hmm. yeah, so it's not like, I wouldn't say I'm in a crisis point, but let's get to a point, you know, where it's, I'm quite big, you know, over a hundred thousand subscribers. Mm -hmm. like that. Um, but <laughs> it's also like, it's trying to find more time to keep that flow going, you know, and it's, um, yeah. and there's, there's lots of different varying aspects to how, you know, what makes your video, sent out so they put go and view and everything so it's um yeah it's quite stressful trying to balance so all these heard. things so i've heard yeah. it's like once you once you get a certain amount it's like the first stress is just getting a followship or a, a, like sort of a viewership and mm. then the viewership itself becomes the stress because it's like well now there's momentum you feel yeah. like you don't keep up then you're gonna yeah. lose that viewership like that you've already worked really for hard the next for one. yeah so yeah yeah so is it to a, a point for you, Dan, that you could foresee that? Well, well, first of all, obviously not discussing number, but is there some monetization that you're uh, that, that you're doing with those uh, video, and which is leading to is it just going to stay a sideline, or could it become your main professional occupation if it gets to a certain level of uh, following and views? Um, I'm not sure. I don't. I actually don't think it'll ever get to a point I could live off doing YouTube videos in the same way uh, other uh, successful channels um, are able to do so. Mm. Um, but uh, similar to the thing where I don't like doing the, like, the same thing a lot, I kind of, I, I enjoy sort of different challenges. And I think if I suddenly find myself reliant on doing YouTube videos, then I, I don't know, I'm worried I might come to resent it and then mm -hmm. I won't enjoy doing it and then I'll make worse products and then I'll just kind of have this horrible kind of uh, effect on the quality. So I'm kind of enjoying the sort of the mid flow I'm in at the moment mm. where it's like successful enough, but I'm not kind of reliant on it. So, so it's it, um, so it's kind of a nice place as a third. So there's like the freelancing and that is so animating, uh, being a professional animator. And then there's a teaching on the side and there's this other thing that is building. Yeah, like a little bit of new... pocket money. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but um, but at, at the same time, that is informing uh, the, the two others because it helps with the teaching. Yeah. It brings you yeah. new knowledge that can influence and inspire your own animation. So all of them are feeding each other in, in, mm. in and also it's a it's a form of networking as well really you know i've got to know quite a few people through doing youtube um it's kind of helped inform my uh like so I, I tweet a fair bit as well and i kind of i'll tweet like little mini tutorials about how to do certain things and you know that kind of um has got like a, a following from that as well and you know I've, I've gotten some jobs through uh people i've met through youtube and twitter and stuff so it's there's a lot of it has a lot of effects you know there's there are a lot of uh, kind of effects that come from it you know 
yeah um yeah. you know meeting people that's something that we've discussed in the last few weeks as well, that, you know, the more and more people are going towards uh, uh, freelancing for uh, obvious reason. And when you're a freelancer, you become almost like a mini, your, your entrepreneur, your, or your own company, uh, uh, basically. Yeah, yeah. And that comes with branding. I mean, if you put yourself out there, if you show work, I mean, you are probably one of the more extreme example of creating a successful YouTube channel with sharing video that some of them, uh, mm. I've seen more by, by uh, than uh, uh, a million people, but that's something that will become more and more important. Maybe not to the level of success that you've had so far with this channel, but at least mm. you, yeah, you, you want to have more opportunities, put yourself out there, create some content, ma make mm. connection, create those little one minute tutorials, share them on LinkedIn and YouTube. And one thing is going to lead to another and mm. you have no idea, but you're, your the project that you'll have the opportunity to work on two years from now is actually going to be the you know butterfly effect of what you're doing uh today. yeah like, so it's the, like the seed is here somewhere and then further down the line you know there'll be yeah it's like delayed gratification to, uh, uh, at some extent yeah uh, but i i'm just you know glad to 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 hear that Yes, this uh, the, the videos that uh, that you did did had an impact on your animation career, even if those are not directly related at all. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah, I think so. It's um, yeah, like it's not just for yeah, like not for nothing. You know, it's not like I was oh I'm bored, so I'll make a video. You know, like I've actually thought about you know the impact of videos could have on people. You know, I've I've had some comments on videos saying. You know, this is amazing. It's really helpful. Um, this, I, the, there's a lot of aspiring animators who will watch some of the videos and they'll kind of say, "This is fantastic. This is kind of what I wanted to know. This was something I was struggling with." So it's, yes, I think that's kind of validation itself. Like, I'm glad that even if it's just one or two people that kind of helped out, um, that that it helped them out. So yeah, yeah. that's a, it's it's a good feeling. Um, the, yeah. I, I think your uh, most uh, successful video, at least in terms of views, was the uh, Metroid uh, uh, video that got. To oh yeah, to, the I think one point six million, right? If, if I... Yeah, that was. I've got like a little side <laughs> passion about um, kind of how atmosphere is created in games, and specifically Metroid. And I just kind of started this little side series, kind of separate from animation, but um, kind of it's all about like aesthetics and everything, and. I'd, yeah, I'd, Metroid Fusion was just one of those old games that just kind of just hit everything just right for me oh, yeah. at the age I was when I was playing it and just how it accomplished it. Again, like the 16 and 8-bit um, kind of style, you know, they just pushed what they could do with the hardware mm -hmm. uh, and the sound design, which is which brilliant. And yeah, and, and clearly it's resonated with a lot of people. Like a lot of people feel the same way because, it's you know, people watch it and comment on it and everything. Yeah. Um, and yeah, did, and you, just... did you crack the code a little bit of how can you predict how well a video is going to do? Can you say, oh well, this video had more than a million views for this reason, and I knew that this one would only have like twenty five k, but it's fine. Do you start yeah. to have perspective of what is working and what is working a little bit less? Um, so yeah, I I I kind of anticipated that the Mario Kart video wouldn't like do well as such. You know, like um, like you know, ten thousand views is is you know a fair odd amount of money uh money i mean it's not uh views um a fair amount of views uh the million views that's a fair amount of money but uh it's like it's uh it's nothing to um yeah like to to sniff at but i can i can usually tell uh if it's going to do do well or not depending on the kind of context i think now i've kind of worked into uh this kind of not like a corner but i can tell 
if it's something that's me a bit too niche, then people probably won't care. Like the Echo the Dolphin one didn't do particularly well either. But I knew that if the one about Mega Man was going to do fairly well, because most people have heard of Mega Man. Um, and I knew that people would be interested in that. And uh, Metroid videos tend to do fairly well on my channel as well. So mm. as, um, some, again, I'm sometimes worried, like, oh, if I do a Metroid video, that's going to be like the 10th Metroid video I've done. <laughs> and I don't necessarily want to be like a Metroid uh, channel, but... I can't help it. I just like it. So it's um yeah. So back back to your point. If your main motivation was to have the maximize on the views because it's your main source of income, then your decision, your motivation will be okay. What is this going to be the most popular video instead of being okay? What am I passionate about mm -hmm. right now, and what am I really inspired to to be working on? Sorry. So if if I wasn't if it, if uh, like the spreadability of the video wasn't an issue, is that no? If oh, the uh, if the YouTube channel was your main source of income, also if I did actually have to, yeah, then your motivation would be what will be the most popular video instead of being what am I really inspired to, to mm. share right now with the community, even if it's pretty pretty niche. Yeah, I I honestly don't know because the way um, YouTube kind of the algorithm works. Uh, it depends on a lot of things because you have these analytics you can kind of check um, on your channel to sort of see how it's getting fed out um, when you publish it. Um, kind of things, it kind of correlates things that are trending as well. People will put kind of tags in their videos. Um, so I, I think if I were to, if I were to actually push uh, and make the channel, you know, push like a million subscribers or something and make it a, like a, a reliable uh, source. I'd probably go for big releases, um, like big game releases, and kind of talk about the animation mm. uh, in those. The only thing stopping me doing that mostly is like the time I have, uh, obviously with my family and uh, freelancing, and the time I have to, uh, like to play the games and just how much they are as well. Like I can't like buy huge <laughs> games every month either. I think that's the only the other holdback. Because um, I, I was really interested. I wanted to do a, a short video about there was some kind of controversy about the God of War game that's coming out about they'd reused the boat animation or something mm. uh like when um the dude pushes uh the boat into the water and people just uh were kind of they were getting a bit snippy about the idea of paying for a game that kind of reuses animations <laughs> oh jeez! and i was just i kind of i really want oh to like my God. if only just, they knew yeah like i really want to like make a video and jump into it uh, about it but I, <laughs> that's the sort of thing where if if you're on the ball and you get that video out quickly then yeah, it's, exactly. it's trending and hot then it'll yeah, go totally. out but i just knew by the time i had written the idea and kind of got it out and be like that ah, already be stale yeah, yeah. <laughs> dead in the water so yeah yeah you show up to your, with your shield but... and your sword and it's like it's just the battlefield just a bunch uh, of corpses yeah yeah <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah, but, um, yeah it's yeah it's, it's funny that people you know got uh weird about that i'm like uh, Honestly, Maybe this is where the education thing comes in, perhaps. I don't know. I think so. It's in a, in a weird way. I kind of always felt that like these kinds of channels are important to expose some of the realities behind what it takes to make a game. Because, mm. you know, there's one thing is, you know, and I am, I am, I'm a video game player. So I'm like, I'm part of that, that group. But like, I mm. find that a lot of video game players tend to be very, um, how do I say this? They tend to be kind of fickle. They can turn on you. Like, and like, <laughs> and, and a lot of that I feel like is just coming from a place of them not really knowing, you know what I mean? Mm. I feel like if they just knew, you know, how much time and energy and how much care and passion that people are putting in to make this game for them. And yeah, yeah it's not, it's not, not going to be perfect. And corners do need to be cut. Um, 
you mm. know, it's it's tricky. Like you see this all the time where like a very popular company delays the, the uh, release of the game and how how visceral and how toxic some of the some of the the, yeah. the, the sort of the rhetoric is coming from the from the player base of how upset and oh, they want their money back and this is ridiculous and and then the game comes out and it's suddenly like all is forgiven because it's a good game, you know, and they forget yeah. of how much of a goof they were a little while ago bitching complaining about how they had to wait for this perfection that came out eventually you know yeah. and you know it's just a trick it's a tricky space and i think some education could help maybe a little to kind of bring that down a little bit yeah, yeah i think definitely as well and i forget sometimes you know the internet is a kind of an anonymous place at least visually yeah. you know sometimes you can yeah. chat to online you know i'm kind of 36 you know like i don't mm -hmm. argue online but if i were to kind of engage in sort of this sort of like no you're wrong you know <laughs> they, they could be you know like 16 17 you know like they haven't really you know, not to say like, you know, we're older, we know more, you know, we know yeah. that, but like, you know, they, they haven't had the experience of um, yeah. like playing all these different games. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, that, that could be one angle of it anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like I remember, you know, when the uh, uh, Cyberpunk came out, you know, obviously oh, that yeah. was a big deal. And, um, and I, again, I think that speaks to, I mean, I, I don't actually know, you know, what the internal problems were, you know, why it kind of shipped the way it did. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, if anything, that could be a, you know, an advocate for, you know, good communication in a studio. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that, that's all I can assume is perhaps what the problem was. Maybe, you know, the departments were under pressure from time, yep. perhaps, and, yep, you know, for sure. profit. So, you know, I think all those little things, anything that can neaten up and smooth out those processes, um, you know, will be a good thing, really. Yeah, no, I agree. Hey, I put something up. It's a little, uh, it's a little, uh, <laughs> late to the party here but i wanted to bring it up anyways because it was came up in chat when we were talking about game feel if there are animators by the way if you joined us late then we're talking to dan root dan root is a um a veteran animator um and he also um is the, the creator behind um the wonderful uh, video, uh youtube channel called video game um animation study and um so we're just you know just talking talk a little bit about what that's like and you know what his what his many hours spent researching the topic of animation video games has sort of meant to him. And, um, and I, so this topic of game feel came up, I asked him like, what would be the number? Well, I said that what are the top few things that you would say are the most important things for animators to know about? And he talked about number one being game feel. This is a thing that you need to understand. And there just, there happens to be a really good book written on this very, very uh, topic. It's called game feel, um, perfectly uh, named book by an, uh, by a person named Steve Swink. It is a good book. I have it myself. Brilliant. I would highly recommend it. Excellent. Cause, uh, they kind of, what got me interested in, um, because I made a few videos about sort of the uh, the fundamentals of game animation, which is um, uh, a book by Jonathan Cooper. Ever yeah, yep. about this one? Amen. Yeah, yep. mm -hmm. yeah. So that was um, kind of that's that got me inspired to sort of make videos. I kind of sort of liaised with him a little bit and spoke to him and was like, you know, is this cool that I kind of use this because this is really yeah. interesting and like I kind of used that as like an inspiration to kind of structure my videos and kind of ran it by him and everything. Um, yeah, and yeah, that's. Um, yeah, that's great. So, game filled by Steve Swink. Excellent. I'll have to check that out. I haven't actually had it. So. Yeah, it's a very good one. Yeah. I think it, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it because it's gonna be like right up your alley. I think you're gonna yeah. you'll, be, you'll be like this person is reading my mind. It's Brilliant. a very good book. So, I highly recommend if you're interested in game animation, you're already a game animator, and you want to get better at this. This is a good book to pick up. It talks a lot about the sort of the psychology and like just there's a lot of things going on, right? Like you're you're in charge of making a character move, believably but in a way that feels like it's you doing it. You know what I mean? Like you're the one sending these impulses through a wire or wirelessly, if how, you know, depending on how high tech you are, I guess. <laughs> um, 
through a controller into a system that's then going to make this avatar do the thing that you're and, and do it in a way that's both efficient but also fulfills that player fantasy there's so many things going on mm. in, that is it's really tricky to consider at all but that's that's the job a game animator that if they can balance all those things they will be highly successful and the game field tries to sum up all those ideas into one sim- singular thread of topic ah oh, brilliant that, yeah that sounds yeah like you say right up my alley so it is right great. up your alley absolutely it's um it's funny because i'm trying to uh sorry um like i'm sort of uh trying to make an indie game with a with a friend as well like a coder oh, nice. so it's like i'm firsthand kind of learning the sort of the perils <laughs> of video game animation i think something that um i think is more important to animators um and something animators need to be okay with it's just starting again like if something's not working you've got to be okay with just sort of scrapping the idea if it's just not working mm-hmm. it's like you just start again you'll often find you know you because i'm you know i'm trying to work out the the fine tuning of this little run cycle for a character and i, I did the keyframes and i was like that looks awesome mm-hmm. i'll do some in-betweens so i was like that looks trash i've ruined it i've like added too many frames now so <laughs> yeah. it's a it's definitely an iterative process oh, it really is it, it you cannot mm-hmm. go in it with the idea of just making this beautiful thing that you're going to shove yeah. into the game. It needs to be, how can I put something in that's very draft that will give the basic core under like the, the staging of it, like the timing and the overall feel, mm. and then just see if you can like the, the game I like to play when making the game is to say, how minimalistic can you be with mm. that first iteration so that you're not wasting time on polishing things that are going to get thrown away or changed entirely. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a really interesting experience. The the very, very like you said, iterative uh, um, sort of approach because it's like the, the, mm. the iterate on on a, on a regular Maya session is like you animate, animate, play, blast, review, animate, yeah. change, change, animate, animate, review, and it's like that's that's closed loop. But it's like in a video game is just. I mean, the other thing that happens in a video game is then suddenly another feature comes along, and then it totally is like, oh no. Mm. Oh man, uh, what I thought used to work now doesn't work so well because, you know, or like they want to add something like, oh, you want to be able to shoot while in the air while jumping? <laughs> oh, well, uh, yikes. <laughs> uh, we didn't build it in a way that would even make that like look good at all. So we have to rethink that and unpack that. And then, so it's just amazing how many things can change all the time in a video game. Yeah, definitely. I think something else as well um, is, uh, do I keep cutting you off there? I keep seeing like, am I it's so all good? <laughs> Go on. I shouldn't say, uh, like, the tools available now uh, to just anyone. Like, you, you can just download Unity for free and start exactly. working on it. You know, like, Same I think, with Unreal. Yeah, I'm a big advocate of, you know, just put the tools out there for people to use, you know, as yep. accessible as possible. <laughs> like we were saying earlier before, you know, the pre-roll, like, accessibility is definitely the theme for, you know, this the last five years. And I think, you know, that's only a good thing. You know, put, give people the tools and, you know, they'll, mm-hmm. you know, they'll do wonders with it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think we live in an era that, you know, education is you know it's not all free but it's more accessible than ever you have those software that you can find and often you can have you know educational version for for free you have those game engine that you that are provided for for free uh (laughs) this is why i think maybe it contributes to why i hear that some people are offended that a boat animation in game of war might might have been reused that they're offended by that i'm like Mm. what about all this opportunity and free stuff to be creative and show us what you can do instead of yeah. you know yeah. whining in in, yeah. in your couch. Uh, yeah. I mean, there there's many things that are worth 
complaining about like you know the the culture at some studio and how some studio are treating their employee and you know how people are behaving with each other and but in terms of you know complaining about the final result of a game i mean mm. i understand that gamers are passionate but just don't buy it there's <laughs> yeah, so many that's... games don't buy it. That's it. They're yeah. going to be fine. They don't need your 60 bucks. I don't know. People waste a lot of energy kind of moaning about things. People like to moan about things, I think. And they, yes. like to, like, they like to know that they've people have seen them moan about things. And, you know, that's another thing about having a YouTube channel. You get to see that side of things. I mean, yeah. I just ignore that. Stuff. I don't. I never engage in it. It's not worth my energy. But no. um, people do. I don't know why like, you would uh, have the time otherwise. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. You, you, you I think have a the. Tight I'm pretty sure yeah. if you did a research, the correlation between the amount of time that you spend on, you know, bitching and arguing with <clears throat> people online and your creative output on the other side, they, they must be like, you know. Oh yeah, there's it, yeah. It, it I think it's a yeah for for sure and Brent, yeah. i think that we i think that we've spoke enough about jonathan cooper on this stream to bring him to the uh, i'm to, gonna to try to i am gonna try my best he was it was hot when he first put out his second edition of that book because uh for those mm. who do know that book that dan had referenced there is a sec second edition he just released very recently which has been updated with a bunch of new juicy stuff so i do highly recommend that book it is great and i will reach out to him again see if i can get him on i think um he was uh when i when i spoke to him he was uh i mean it's hard right when you work for a video game company and you're uh, as public of a figure as he is, I think he has to always ride that that line a little bit to try to make sure that he doesn't, uh, um, you know, draw maybe too much attention to himself. And he's like, he's already drawing a lot just by putting out books and stuff. And he's a very vocal guy. I worked with him a couple of times, um, never directly, but over at Ubisoft, he's uh, definitely, uh, definitely knows what he's talking about. And I'm, I'm sure he's also got a, a website that's, I would say, one of the go-to places on the internet for um, video game animation related stuff. Uh, it's just called game, game Pretty easy to remember. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you should head over there and show, show Jonathan a little bit of love. So yep. we'll see if we can get him. We'll see if we can get him on the show. That'd be great. Oh yeah. We'll have him on the show. That, One day he sure. will be one, here. One day he will, <laughs> yep. will come. Um, <clears throat> let's uh, maybe go see if there's a few questions. Yep. from. Yeah, there are a few. Yeah, it's a good idea. So we have a question here, which is a great one. It's from uh, Sergey Shutko. Um, here it is. Sorry if uh, it was already asked, but, and it wasn't, so that's awesome mm. that you were asking it. Dan, did, where did you learn, like, did you learn somewhere, like, like yes, okay, so you use all the studying of animation, you're an animator, but this thing that often isn't talked about is where did you pick up the skills to produce this amazing content that you put out there? Is this something self-taught, or did you learn this in school somewhere? Uh, well, I learned a bit of Premiere when I was at university studying animation, so I had okay. the basics of, uh, you know, sort of, I think... Mm. That's the thing, like to having the basics to learn on. So like cutting footage out, moving it around, changing the audio. Um, that was just kind of a, a base skill I learned in university. But there's, like I said earlier, you know, there's there's some very good kind of free resource videos that people put out, you know, for like and like I was saying about the tools, giving people the tools to do stuff and then they can create further greater things as well. So, you know, there there are great YouTube tutorials about how to use Premiere. Um, but a lot of it is just through ex like experimentation myself with the mm -hmm. software, because uh, I have the kind of a, the Adobe suite uh, myself, mm -hmm. so I use it kind of every day for my job. So, um, yeah, it's um, it's a, a bit of uh, a bit of learning from university, a bit of tinkering like with it myself, uh, and just kind of naturally kind of developing those skills as I go. Yeah. Really. Did you yeah. spend some time looking at other content on the internet and be like, oh, I like kind of what how they're doing it? And you sort of maybe try to emulate that a little bit or just sort of come up with your own style? Yeah, well, um, I said earlier that uh, the Game Makers Toolkit channel uh, by Mike Brown, that he was a 
big inspiration mm. on me putting quality in, uh, into my videos. So that yeah. that was kind of an inspiration. That's like very kind of video SO, uh, essay yeah. uh, style videos. Um, yeah. A lot of production quality there for sure. Yeah, definitely. Value. And I was also really interested mm. in, because I remember watching the old Ego Raptor videos, uh, Aaron Hansen um, mm. from Game Grumps. Like he did animated sort of reviews. And that yeah. was kind of uh, where I started with the videos. Like I had little animators host talk about uh, the video. Uh, and eventually that just got too much work. I was like, I can't animate another character again. That's going to take months. So I eventually dropped the little animated host idea. But that was something that kind of inspired me as well, just to kind of make it a bit more um, engaging and entertaining, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the animator uh, host would be such a great idea, but like, man, oh man, like just the thought of the time, the extra time we'd have to go into doing that is just terrifying. Yeah. Me. It's like, I can't afford a studio to animate that for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's just, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I think right. it's 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 funny to think that you know you want to learn how to make video for YouTube. Go on YouTube and search yeah. for how to make video. That's yeah, that's it. Right there. Yeah, you're already <laughs> in the right place. I um I I find it also interesting. Though know, you talked about accessibility and cost, like you're you're using the Premiere Suite, um, um, which is justified by the fact you have a pretty good following on YouTube. So you can probably just pay for that. Obviously, from 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 what you make off of the YouTube monetization, mm. I'm I'm hoping. But you know, mm. not everyone has that kind of coin. So there are alternatives out there. Um, a lot of people are yeah. using Blender these days for their actual animation, and they're using um, uh, DaVinci Resolve for their uh, for their editing and their compositing because DaVinci Resolve is completely free there is a studio mm. version which has a bunch of extra vfxy kind of stuff that you yeah. would only need if you were in a professional environment i think but like i mean it does amazing color grading it does pretty like its editing workflow is actually getting better and better and maybe not quite be exactly where premiere is at yet but it's very comparable mm. and it has all these extra um much 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 better like it's almost like having after effects built into it because it's yeah. part of the module uh which is very convenient yeah it's definitely worth looking into if you are also out there thinking hey maybe i want to make a channel these days yeah and, um it's it, you could do it on the on the free it's actually very very doable unreal blender davinci resolve it's like the trifecta you're you're good to go yeah because i something i always try to look out for as well is uh you know like cheaper alternatives for those starting out so yeah um I, I trial sort of different animation mm. software so I, I use a lot of uh like rough animator on ipad mm. which you know again that's just being on ipad is like fairly sort of um out yep. there but there's you know there's a yep. uh, um like clip studio paint and is there a thing called critter i've heard some yeah, like so I, yeah. I kind of talk to my students as well because obviously they're you know looking into yeah. um cheaper alternatives so yeah it's good to hear like blender can do 2d animation and everything that's like that's, it's crazy cool. like blender and it's not just this but blender they even the sculpting if you're into like if you're not in animation but you're into like modeling characters the mm. sculpting is very 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 mature the, the skill set uh, sorry the tool set there so it's yeah. comparable and some people are like switching from zbrush um i think most people are probably going to stick with zbrush because it's still the industry standard and it's still better mm. at a bunch of things but like yeah. for people that are just starting out that don't need the best 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 there's a free option sitting right there. And most of those skills you're going to learn are going to be very portable over to ZBrush anyways, if you needed to upgrade to ZBrush. So yeah. definitely something should be considered. Um, absolutely. Now there's one, of course, disadvantage of like the advantage of having Adobe suite is that you comes with all the other things. Like if you're getting the whole suite, right. But yeah. like, you know, it's, uh, you know, you, you get, uh, you get all the, uh, the other you know things like animate and all these other things that you may or may not even need access to. But. Mm. Well, like, cause I, I share the, the, um, the suite with a friend. You get two logins, so because oh. 
there's a lot of design true. stuff. So that's kind of that has kind of split the payment, so it's not quite as expensive. Yeah, that's smart. Very smart. Yeah, but he he's kind of into the design stuff, so he uses mm. uh, like InDesign and mm. Illustrator, and then I use other the animation stuff so it's kind of yeah. it, it feels justified you know sort of for sure the, the, the usage if you're a student by the way there's a pretty hefty discount for the adobe suite so you should also consider that mm. student or teacher yeah. actually you're a teacher at university i hope you're getting the well maybe you can't use it because you're actually using it for your channel maybe uh i get uh like student licenses uh for other stuff like so toon boom i'm like i'm able to kind of use that because that's okay. a very expensive um piece it of sure is that's but actually it's... homegrown here in quebec actually toon boom oh no way really yep yep yeah oh, and I, yeah. I love the storyboard uh, pro um uh, component of uh, the toon boom uh, sort of suite if you've never used toon boom before it's really probably the industry standard for actually 2d animation production um it's yeah like they must make some shows on that and stuff yes that's it exactly yeah. and they, it started with like a, it was a very powerful digital ink and paint tool they just expanded it like harmony is like a full full featured suite where you can actually animate and finalize with with the digital ink and paint as well it's it's if you can get yeah, your hands that, on it, kind of, it, it's pretty good. Yeah, like because they kind of have ups the compositing game in it as well. You know, like yes, you can do a lot of After Effects type Absolutely. stuff in it. So yes, like yeah. a, a lot of layers and almost like this two and a half D kind of stuff that they can do in there. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really yep. fancy. Yeah, um, I got another question that rolled in here. Um, if you wanted a career in video game design slash development, where would you even start? This is the question. Well, I guess this is where I am actually. Like, you know, because I'm kind of keen to actually work in video games myself. So, yeah. Um, I mean, playing video games, I would say, counts as research. So, you know, I think, <laughs> show, yeah, That's I think, cool. uh, kind of sh showing a keen interest in the games you like, you know, kind of research yep. the studios, kind of figure <laughs> out where they are, other stuff they've done, how that studio started, perhaps look into the people who work there kind of research their background, you know, kind yeah. of look at the things they produce, whether that's not video game related, you know, and see if that kind of feeds into um, other areas of design. Um, and yeah, I, I think, I mean, it depends um, what area of video game development you want to kind of dive into because, you know, coding and, you know, front end and back end stuff are very different things, you know. Um, not saying that like back end stuff isn't creative, but I think you need to have a different type of mind to do the Definitely. coding and everything so um yeah it depends if you, you know if you're doing front-end visual stuff i guess being a creative <laughs> is or you know as a good starting point you know so if you're into illustration or art of any kind you know that's that's a good place to start yeah. uh building a portfolio from that's good advice yeah. you know it's mm. funny i think that um you know i think that in my mind i would just say make sure you know what the job is. I mean, in, in a weird, funny mm. way, Dan represents the textbook perfect case of an animator <laughs> who wants to enter the animation industry because he studied yeah. so thoroughly what it is. He's <laughs> yeah. clearly interested in it because, like, I mean, he's got a body of evidence that suggests that he is, like, literally become an academic in it. And That could be my portfolio if I wanted to work it, in video games. No, but, <laughs> yeah. it, but for sure it would be. If you were, if, if you, yeah. you would have no trouble at all. Like, people would just be like, can you please? Like, what do we need to do to get you in here? Because <laughs> they need more people that think like you because mm. clearly you're embracing what makes video game animation different, you know, to celebrate that and to understand and to like unpack it. And yeah. like, I think a lot of people get in the, try to get into the job and they're, they're a, maybe not even really interested or not familiar with video game culture and like what it is, what they're even like, like they don't even play games. And also yeah. they just have zero 
concept as to what the actual job is as a video mm. game animator. The things we touched on in this, this conversation. So I would say start there. Make sure mm. you learn what it is. Yeah. Uh, I would say and that's something that we touched before because I had the, the mm. chance to work both in uh, you know animated feature VFX and video game. And in video game, one of the things that is very different <laughs> with the others is the amount of impact that you can have. So an mm -hmm. animator can have a great idea for a level that's going to have. Yeah. So the uh, so I would say just get your foot in the door. Let's take mm -hmm. an easy example of uh, being an animator. Get a video game studio, get into gameplay animation team, and then start from there. And if your interest is to maybe become a level designer because you like to create puzzles and stuff that, well, yeah. you know, hang out with those people and talk about them and, you know, be interested and share your ideas. And one thing might lead to another. And after a year, you might slowly migrate to this other department. But even if you started from a nice animation, but it could be character design, it could be... Uh, there, there are some people that just did, like, they entered by being a, a QA testing game, you know, uh, mm. as they were studying. And when they, they finished, it was their, their gateway to, to, to get in. So just get in somehow, figure out what is going to interest you, and slowly steer in this direction. And if there's any industry that allowed those, you know, uh, horizontal move from one department to to the other. It's definitely video game. Mm. Yeah, I I think it depends um, kind of where you live as well, like how accessible studios are. But I think in this day and age, mm -hmm. I think it's it's much easier just to you know to do stuff online, particularly in the last year. You know, I think yeah. we've learned that you know that again accessibility. You know, coming back to that, you know, it's um it's it's easier to um to do stuff these days. But I think you'd probably with a bit of research, you'd probably be surprised about how many studios are actually nearby. Um, like I forget, there's there's quite a few you know uh, game development studios in Cambridge, which isn't too far from here in mm -hmm. Norwich, and uh, you know, obviously you have um, all the varying Rockstar studios. Uh, yeah. Is it actually the Rockstar North, you know, who make GTA, are actually in Scotland, or are they actually mostly in America, or do they have? I'm not sure how like how it works now. Well, a lot of the Rockstar games are sort of democratized. Actually, there's a, I find a lot of them are being uh, there's 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 usually a lead studio, but like Ubisoft, they tend to also have a lot of the work being done some at some of the other studios. So, okay. um, I'm not familiar exactly with where exactly the GTA franchise is being led from anymore. I'm not too sure. Mm. Hmm, but there's like okay. there's rock because there's 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 a rock star north in North America and that's actually just outside of Toronto. It's in uh, just uh, Oakville, which is the same city that uh, Sheridan College at Big Animation School is. Oh, so yeah, but okay. then there's there's so there's uh, there's rock stars everywhere like Ubisoft. They're popping. That's weird. I thought Rockstar North was the one in Scotland, so maybe I'm thinking of a different one then. Oh, yeah, I might be wrong. Maybe they call it Rockstar Toronto now. I don't know, but it doesn't really matter. Ah all changes yeah 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 who knows can't keep up with these things <laughs> yeah. um i have another one here from um none other than scott hewitt who's our um, community manager actually he's always got the good questions this is, a, this is one that's perfect for you uh dan just got myself a tablet to start practicing digital art can you suggest any resources for learning 2d effects i've seen the bo books called elemental magic also any idea where i could get feedback on my work Oh, wow. Yeah, a lot there. Um, yes, Elements of Magic is is fantastic. Um, I can recommend that. It's because um, there's, there's two books that are out. I think there's Elemental Magic 2. Uh, I've kind of skimmed <clears throat> Elemental Magic 2. And it's I think it's um, the, this, the first one, Elemental Magic, is is I think that's a good starting place. Like that's, it covers a lot. It covers a lot of um, varying effects. Uh, the second one, I think it focuses a lot more just on particularly water and fire. Uh, so it's a little bit more closed off. Um, but let me think. 
I, I, I mean, I'm, this book. I'm looking at it right now. I'm going to put a link up in that. It's an Amazon link. Yeah. I don't think, uh, I have it nearby because books is another thing I'm massively interested in, like art books, animation books. Like I've just got a shelf just full of, I know, uh, you I know, like, too. yeah, like oh, there's the special edition Metroid Dread, uh, for the art book. And it's just, oh, it's just like, it's like that thick. It's like got loads mm. of cool artwork in there. Um, yeah. So that's definitely a good one. Um, there's a lot of Twitter um, profiles. There's a lot of animators on Twitter who post uh, little animated tutorials. Um, uh, Jason Tom Lee is one that springs to mind. Um, he kind of posts like the the effect. They're like a little frame breakdown of what's going on, and like little dialogue boxes that kind of speak about maybe the physics, perhaps, of what's going on. Um, so I, I'd recommend the hashtag like 2D effects would be quite handy just plop on twitter and you'll you'll see people who post these sort of things um in, in terms of feedback i guess uh you could just reach out to some animators and just say do you fancy look at my work because um, I, I get a, uh that kind of sent to me on twitter sometimes as well um sometimes you know i'll i'll be quite busy and you know i'll be like oh, I'll, I'll try and look at this when i can and sometimes i don't get to but um yeah i think just reaching out to people um there's probably I don't know. I'm not too big on some of the sort of the communal art websites anymore. Like the last thing I was part of was DeviantArt. So it's, mm. um, but I imagine there are websites like that, perhaps ArtStation. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, if, I was going to suggest exactly that. ArtStation, yeah. I think, is really pushing the game on to uh, tutorializing because ever since Epic uh, purchased ArtStation, I think that uh, oh. we've seen a little bit of a, a um, an increase in, in in sort of an interest to make sure that they use it as a hub for for not just community but also for uh, for education. Yeah, yeah. So that, we're I think see that's big changes a... there for sure. Yeah, excellent. So that's that would be my um, thoughts yeah. on that. I just checked, I was just browsing kind of um, on the side there uh, at this, this this I've never even heard of this book and I've I've uh, I'm, I think I might want to pick it up myself because I don't have anything in my library uh, library on this topic and it mm. looks like it's being spoken to like i think that joseph what's his name joseph gilland, gilland um, yeah. is, is the the author of this book i think he's got probably a 2d background a 2d effects background by the looks of it because looking at the images inside yeah i think because uh, i've having read it um i didn't actually see the publication uh date but i think it's maybe early to mid 2000s perhaps late 2000s so i think it's yeah, 2009. Kind of before That's the yeah first, oh first okay yeah so i think there's uh, a little bit before this kind of massive uh influx in 3d yeah. take up um so it might be yeah. not outdated but i think it could be updated. oh i don't think yeah no i didn't mean that as a bad thing i think that oh, uh, yeah. as a matter of fact i believe that that sort of the sensibilities that come from uh, from a 2d sort of like you know uh, a perspective like of 2d effects mm. artists back in the day of like hand-drawn classical animators yeah they, these people are magicians like i mean the work yeah. that they would do mm. and it's still the very much very similar attitude because like these effects are done in layers the same way that they would have done it before it just yeah. it's more powerful now because those layers can be three dimensional and volumetric and so obviously they can just be more yeah. amazing than they already are they already could be but yeah. i think that the the fundamental concepts of the way like elements move i think it's like the, a book like this is great because it would give you a really good ground level of understanding that you could build mm. on for sure yeah well it's funny because he talks about sort of the, the kind of foreword in it um he mentions about the classic disney animators you know 101 dalmatians that kind mm. of era uh he talks about like there wasn't really a visual effects animators back then, yeah. like anything that wasn't character animation, someone yeah. else did. So, yes. you know, visual effects could have been a coat blowing in the wind, some totally. hay falling off of 
you know a shelf or something yep and 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 water and fire so like you know that was that, that was like way more stressful probably to think about like to approach that problem case by case as opposed yep. to sort of like he's going to get up and walk over there you yes. know Yes. Exactly. So yeah, it's very um, that's evolved uh, quite a lot. Fun fact, because I worked in two D animation for a while, um, the effects animators were often the ones in charge of um, adding uh, highlight and shadow layers on top of the um, the animation the characters as well. They needed oh, to understand light well enough um, to be able to sort yeah. of on another layer be like, oh, okay, well here's the form moving around. Let me yeah. try to introduce a consistent three dimensional feeling light to that scene. Where yeah. obviously only the big productions like Disney were able to afford that extra layer of work on top of everything. We mm. saw that very heavily done with uh, Club klaus or claws oh man klaus yeah um, there was a lot of work done in that particular area yeah, so fantastic. anyways i was thinking it's yeah. fun that it was like back then it was like the animators weren't they're going to pay the animators to do it they got another person who really understood light to do that and it tended to be tended to fall to the effects department yeah that's another thing that i've uh, had a recent interest in is like light uh, around characters that's something that i've been experimenting uh, just on my iPad, like anything's fun, kind of chilling mm. out, animating. Uh, mm. It's like just pretending, having like a little orb go around. Oh, like I'll take a still from something, perhaps. Um, mm. Usually ends up being Mega Man because that's the uh, you know what I gravitate to if I'm chilling out. Mm. Uh, I'll kind of imagine a little orb of light, and I'll paint on this kind of fake uh, 3D, almost like a bump map, I guess, of going around mm. it. And it's mm. just mm. yeah, another fascinating. There's so many things you wouldn't think of as being part of I effects know. animation, and and light totally. I think is part of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's great. Totally agree. And for for you, Dan, you have a preference between uh, FX animation and character animation. Uh, I think FX is I want to say easier, but only because I find doing it easier because I do it so much. Perhaps um, like character animation is maybe just for me. Character animation is quite character animation is quite complicated, but. Um, like I can sit down and kind of animate fire at any point and I'll do it and I'll be pleased with them. Like, yeah, that's awesome. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just something I just kind of just, just love doing. So I think effects is kind of where my passion is at right I've, now. I've never done it myself, but I can totally picture that you just get in the zone and you just oh, yeah. animate those shape and it, it's yeah. abstract. It's intuitive. You don't think too much about it. You just need to understand exactly. shape, yeah. timing and, 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 you know, a little yeah, bit definitely. of physics might, might, might help yeah. and yeah. that's it you just get into zone and do it yeah, yeah no well, fingers and eyeballs and things like no, this. yeah it's a bit more free-flowing and a little bit more liberating i think yeah well like i was saying earlier about how kind of trying to visualize like what you know in your head like out as words i think for like fire animation is something i still struggle to teach um mm. in words because trying to talk about the physics and airflow and just yeah. how fire behaves like something sure. i can i can do it myself easily like an evening i was like oh that little bit's gonna go up there but trying to explain why that bit is gonna do that yeah, is totally. like oh it's, it's abstract yeah it's yeah, like yeah how do you describe the shape of fire for instance like uh yeah it's... and like on top of that you can stylize stuff as well like i like yeah. with my fire i kind of like to do sort of curves and then like yeah. cut in with like a little sharp edge and yeah, do straight lines yeah. and yeah and so you know there's a whole different ways you can stylize it as well so not only you've got to understand the real world physics you then have to work out how you how that will apply to your own yes. style as well yeah, so there's a graphic design element to it i i like uh, yeah. for instance one of the one of the effects that i for some reason for to this to the, still to this day still sticks in my brain as a reference as like that is a cool effect in a video game i always really love the smoke effect in um uh zelda wind waker do you remember oh, those they were like yeah. these really beautiful like, swirlies i'm just yeah. like oh my god i don't know why they just 
I don't know. I'm just saying, maybe I'm just a sucker for swirly textures, but I mean, there's something about <laughs> no, that how was, graphic that looked. It was so, so dope. That felt ahead of its time. Like looking it back, it was like 2002, man. Yeah, I know. It's like when it came out on HD for Wii U, I was like, that's how it's always looked, surely. And then, you know, like, oh, actually it's been updated. But <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. um, it's funny, I actually did a video on how to animate an explosion uh, on my channel which is, oh, I'm still bummed out. It hasn't done that well because I put a lot of effort mm. into it and it just, people just don't seem interested. Well, maybe the YouTube <laughs> algorithm doesn't seem interested, but people loved it when they watched it. But yeah, yeah. I love, the explosions are another thing I love. Like I'm really trying to hone in that mm. skill because there's an animator called Alex Redfish who does a lot of game animation, for uh, visual effects for games. And he's just, just like just god tier just uh just amazing Next so, level yeah man yeah alex redfish actually does kind of tutorials at least he used to on deviant arts that's another thing uh the person earlier was asking about kind of you know where to um get some good inspiration alex redfish is um yeah he's a fantastic visual effects animator i may or may not be writing that name down <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely definitely recommend Mm. some great stuff yeah i'd love to get um some more effects oriented uh animators on this it's a very unknown art and i think it'd be it's almost like it suffers from a recruiting pr problem like we need more <laughs> people to 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 maybe just know it's a thing you know what i mean like i know yeah. we've had people on the show here that beca got became character animators and they were fascinated when they were young that it was a thing they'd even know i think it's probably not as big of a problem now i think animation is pretty household people understand you can get it make a career out of that back you know back yeah. in the day maybe not so much you know, mm. back in the early 2000s and maybe before it might have been a bit more a bit more like it's like moving to la and getting like becoming an actor it's like yeah that, that, maybe it was the internet it that like. did it maybe it's like you know new grounds and everything that again accessibility i think just you know once people have the tools and they could do it themselves i think yeah. that maybe that's what kind of blew that interest yep, yep. out of the water it's possible mm. um we got probably time for one last question david you game let's do it Okay. You good too, Dan? If we go one yeah, more, yeah. I, I don't think we're going to go too too much past what we wanted to do, but yeah, that's see here. Yeah, great. All right. We got Bring one on. from Petter. Petter always, always brings the, uh, the heat when it comes <laughs> to questions. All right. So do you have any recommendations for 2d effects artists looking for work, asking you for a friend? So like, I guess I'm meaning what would be the best angle, uh, on, on, on trying to crack that, that nut. Uh, Oh, I see. So uh, yeah, if you are in the 2d effects, artists looking for work um i guess it's similar to the the game development one earlier uh, i suppose so it's um it's i think it's more about building this this kind of portfolio idea and just kind of sending it out to people it, i guess it's not too dissimilar to how we used to apply for jobs you know sort of maybe in the olden days you know just kind of just, just forcing your work you know just just putting it in front of people to see um I think, uh, and using hashtags on Twitter, you know, I think so social media, you know, it's, it's got its ups and downs, but I think sometimes getting your work visible, um, is, is a benefit of that. Mm. Um, I'd, I'd kind of suggest that route to start off with, I think, uh, yeah. I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking at Peter comment right now. And what about the other way around for oh. a studio that would be looking to find a good to the VFX animator, where where do they hang out? <laughs> oh, correct. Uh, yeah, maybe I did misunderstand that. Um, well, uh, there's there's a two D FX uh, animator Discord, um, which is kind oh. of where I sort of uh, have met some uh, more visual effects animators, which is really good. We um we started like this monthly idea, um, but as yet I don't think many people have really done uh, entries. But like a little idea where we'd say like a prompt for an, uh, a visual effect and we just kind of submit our animations. Um, like I think the first one we did was uh, like a, a K 
candle in a cave or like a torch in a cave and the wind's blowing. And the second one was like doing one of the Ghostbusters streamers. Um, but it's, it's one of those things you have to keep on top of. And it's like, just if it's just for your own personal thing, it's like, ah, I'll have to, that'll have to take priority backseat. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's like a particularly like a pool of perhaps where visual animators kind of are available to kind of pick from, you know, like, like a LinkedIn of visual animators. Yeah. But... Sorry, Petter. There's no v- VFX, um, um, you know, animator tree that you could just pick <laughs> one but off maybe of the tree. Yeah. There's, um, but I mean, yeah, there's, there's the discord, uh, group, which is a start, I think. Is so. that a, is that a, um, a discoverable, uh, discord channel? Like, cause someone can go looking for it and just join, or is that something that someone's going to get a link some, for? Yeah. I wonder if it's, Maybe because I think it's for 2D animators to kind of congregate, and mm-hmm. so I'm just trying to think if it's actually if it's a public one or not. Um, but maybe this could be the start. Maybe I'll suggest it in there. So like maybe there should be a public facing front for people well, to come to effects animators for. The, the, you know, the tricky thing with Discord is you need to be of a certain size before you could become quite like like literally public and, mm, and then discoverable right. and therefore just joinable to, for the for the public. That's the that's yeah. the weird thing about Discord is it's sort of like mm. there's a barrier there for servers. Like Agora community, for instance, we have a server, but it's not publicly facing because we don't, haven't reached that size yet. Yeah. Uh, we will eventually for sure, but it's uh we're we're mm. getting there. So I mean what's what's the name again? Do you know the actual name of the server? Because I mean that way at least. No, yeah, I'd have to. Um, I have to find it. I can't actually. Uh, okay. See it right okay. now, but yeah, I'll I'll be sure to send that across. But I'm. Yeah, send it to yeah, me by I, email if you want. I can get it to better. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that I've, I, it's interesting. Though. I think there should be definitely, yeah, like a. I think there's a probably a need for that. You know, we can find. Absolutely. People looking for work. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Okay, well, uh, Dan, we're out of time. I uh, I greatly appreciate, on behalf of myself and, of course, everyone in our community, thank you for taking the time out of your day to hang out with us. Ah, oh, you're perfectly welcome. You know, this thanks for bringing me on. It's been great. It's nice chatting, you know, to other anim- animators and uh, you know, just chewing the fat and everything. Really appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. That'd be great. And for everyone, go go check his his channel. It's there's yeah. a lot of of golden nuggets of oh, knowledge yeah. out there. So it, it's both. <laughs> very entertaining and informative so go go check it out i concur with that i concur okay well enjoy the rest of your uh day slash evening slash where i guess evening for you dan um yeah it's been half past eight now so yes sir yeah so enjoy that and uh david enjoy the rest of your day i'll see you both on the next ones cheers brilliant thanks very much bye guys bye guys bye that was great uh another conversation with another amazing conversation um obviously I do agree with David said, you really do need to take a look at his channel. It is very comprehensive. And I think it's, it's sort of, um, I would say a really great place to start if you want to wrap your head around what game animation is, because he's done all that work for you. So if you go and uh, you could like uh, think of it like a cheat sheet, if you want to go and really get up to speed very quickly. And if that stuff kind of excites you, then you probably belong in game animation. You know what I mean? It's not for everybody. I'm not going to lie. You hear me say this all the time. I'm a, I'm a broken record, but you should definitely do the homework to understand what it is and because it is very particular um, with regards to how the process is and how iterative it is and, and things you need to think about. And if, if you are like me, I tend to think like an engineer. I really like that part. It's like it's a puzzle every single time. It's not just about emotions. It's about emotions and action and reaction and, and latency and like feel essentially it's, it's, it's much more, um, 
many more dimensions to it than just shape and form and timing. So it's uh, definitely um, uh, quite quite the thing to master. And um, and if you're into those things, if that excites you, then you should definitely plunge right in. But uh, but educate yourself a little bit first because it's going to give you a little bit more. It's going to prepare you better for building a really good demo reel and being able to communicate really nicely in an interview. Um, I do have a fun little announcement for everybody that is uh, completely unrelated to the conversation we just had. And that is that the, um, I know this is a little bit late in the game, um, but we did, uh, we, we, first of all, we've started having conversations about another event that's happening. Um, we had a really big one back in February. And so it was so uh, well received that we are definitely thinking about doing another one. We don't exactly know what the form is. We haven't completely put our, our notes together and brainstormed exactly what it is. Um, but we are putting together another really cool event. Um, but we do. Uh, and thank you, Petar. Thank you for plugging plugging my animation class. You're very nice. Um, it's true. I do teach over at iAnimate. I teach an intro to game animation. So if you do want to um, invest in um, a sort of a deep dive in that, then I'd be more than happy to see you over there. We have a um, a shirt. And this is for uh, the Animbingo series that we did, which was a follow-up to our 24-hour uh, uh, animation challenge. And um, this was for people who won uh, bingo. Um, so you will be getting these things. Uh, we've had our team reaching out to people um, um, that were winners. We've been doing it via the um, via Twitch. So directly like the Agora community. If someone reaches out to you as Agora community um, on Twitch, then please do respond because we're looking for your mailing address. We know that it's not the ideal scenario. We're going to be looking for better ways of doing this. So you don't have to reveal you know your 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 public or your your private information to us. Trust me, we're it's we're safe. You don't don't have to worry about us uh, doing anything weird with your information, um, but we we understand that it's not it's not the greatest way of doing it. So we're looking for um, a better way of, of of making this happen without uh, you having to disclose that. Um, so as you can see, it's it was so funny because I showed this to my daughter. Um, I'm like, I'm in there. Do you see me? And she's like, It was there was no hesitation. She knew exactly who I was. There was no prompting that is necessary. She's like, Well, that's you, obviously, right there at the top. Um, so we have, um, characters of pretty much all the, uh, the, the characters that showed up. There's, there's Jacob there at the bottom center. We have the, um, yeah, <laughs> have you not seen this yet, David? This is the first time you've seen it? Oh man, it's so awesome. So actually, um, the person who actually ended up designing this was, uh, our one and only Tabitha, uh, who often moderates our channel and you'll see her around at Gore community a lot uh, on the discord and stuff. And so she put together this really awesome, like bingo, um, you know, sort of design which uh, and, and, and a bingo design which incorporates a lot of the fun things that happen during those uh, those animingos um but there's a little extra bonus here on the side which i think is really hilarious this little this little arm uh decoration here which is um kind of sums up i think the iconic moment that everyone seems to remember from that is when um man i can't oh it was me and the pratt brothers on one of the streams i can't hold it properly i'm all backwards oh there we go me and the pratt brothers ended up uh I was learning how to dab for the first time. So it became, it actually became like um, an emoji for our discord server. So uh, there's me dabbing um, on the, uh, the, the shoulder. So if you want uh, your very own, we're going to, we're going to see if we can actually make these shirts available for people who just want to order one for themselves. If you wanted to sort of, um, you know, help uh, the Agora community channel and um, also just feel like, you know, just having a cool shirt that uh, represents the, the sort of the community movement that we're trying to trying to um, make happen over here. Uh, we'll try to make that public available and have that set up for you at some point. So, uh, yeah, so hopefully there's something special for, for, for you, Crab Nuts, by the way. So when you get yours, I want to I, I would love to uh, maybe get a photo or something like that so people can uh, see um, what that little surprise is. I'm not going to reveal it. I think it's special. It's, I want you to be the first one to see it for yourself. 
Okay, so, uh, and the reason, by the way, that Crab Nuts has something special is because, well, he's become kind of a character in himself, but also because he's been participating a lot and we want to recognize him for that. And probably mo most importantly and more relevantly, he won more times we thought were humanly possible <laughs> in those. He showed up to most of the Anim Bingo um, nights and he won pretty much every single time he showed up. I don't know how, I just, I don't, e I don't even understand. So we made him a special shirt to represent that, that phenom-like animation uh, bingo ability okay so that's it for me i'm gonna sign off stay animated and um thank you for being part of the community cheers thanks for listening to this episode we hope you got a lot out of it agora community is a free resource for artists in the animation visual effects and gaming industries providing daily educational material free rigs and assets we also have a range of experts you can purchase affordable animation reviews from to help you level up your skills you can check it all out at agora.community. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn for updates on upcoming conversations and free animation quick tips. So, until next time, stay tuned and stay animated.